ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. ECW, Living Dangerously, 1998. One of my favorite matches, maybe ever. I, I either, wow. one of two things, Jeff. Either I remember this match being way better than it was, or it was awesome. So mm. we're about to find out. How are you doing, boy? I'm doing good, man. Like ECW, it's been a while. Like I'm excited to cover this stuff, you know, especially we hear Taz every week on AEW, but, uh, you know, have not watched a ton of Taz uh, over my life. And so uh, or every week we're getting closer to uh, WrestleMania. And I mean, we, we ha- I had to sneak in some NWA. We, we, we've kind of, if you haven't noticed, we've had New Japan and then we had NWA. And now we have ECW because next week then we are officially on our WrestleMania episodes. And so I wanted to make sure to cover a little bit of everything. We had NXT before that too. And so um, all leading up to next week. But before we do that, though, I know you love talking ECW. I always try and get some matches that, you know, kind of balance it out for you and me. And so uh, this is your wheelhouse, though. So I'm excited to talk about this one and get into it. Great match, great feud. Uh, I mean, Bam Bam, kind of tail end of his career, but just doing some awesome, awesome work. I mean, you forget he was in the WWF mid mid eighties, yeah. Um, so pretty pretty crazy. Uh, dude, let's get right into this with the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So. Asbury Park, which is where Bam Bam's from, we're at the Asbury Park Convention Hall, March 1st, 1998, 3,700 in attendance. I mean, you you forget, like, ECW, and I know the ECW arena only held, like, 1,500 that they jammed into that place. But, like, dude, when they were going to these, like, other places, they were drawing three, four, five thousand 5,000 people with a turnaway crowd. You know, I, I would assume yeah. this building held 5,700 there would have been 5,700 there. So they were drawing really good crowds. And remember, they were on pay-per-view like four or six times a year, and people were paying for it. You know, again, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but if some things had gone ECW's way or the timing of when they existed was different, I mean, if ECW existed now where they could be streaming and you had things going viral on Twitter – like, dude, ECW would be just killing it, I think. So, yep. whole whole different, you know, just whole different era. But uh, this show started off Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty defeating the FBI, uh, full-blooded Italians, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers in eight minutes. Masato Tanako defeated Doug Furness in five minutes. Rob Van Dam defeated Two Cold Scorpio in 27 minutes. Uh, I don't remember that match, but I'm sure it was awesome. New Jack and Spike Dudley defeated the Dudley Boys um, in the hardcore chair swinging freaks of Balls Mahoney and Axel Axel Rotten in 13 minutes. You know that was just a brawl. 
Tommy Dreamer yep. defeating Just Incredible in eight minutes. They had a really good feud. Bam Bam and Taz for the uh, World Television Championship. Sabu defeating the Sandman in a dueling Canes match. Are you kidding me? And then the main event, Al Snow and Lance Storm defeating Shane Douglas and Chris Candido. They only went four minutes. So my guess is they ran out of time. I don't know what else to attribute it to, but what a what a show, man. Like you could throw this yeah, show up for two and a half hours and just enjoy the hell out of it. It's actually crazy because I'm looking at it. It's really small on our screen here. But uh, so three and a quarter stars was the te- the Dudley match. Um, unfortunately, that Rob Van Dam and Two Gold Scorpio, 22 minutes is only one and a half stars. Does I mean, that's one and a half from Meltzer. Who knows? It's probably going to be four or five stars for us. We love um, the yeah, tap. so it's kind of all of yeah, kind of all over the board here. Yeah, your main event only getting a fourth of a star. It had to be some issue with time there. Even yeah. the Dueling Canes got two and three quarters. So, yeah. So get it, get into how we got to this match. Yeah, so this one, and so, of course, Russapalooza, um, June 1997, of course, at this point, we're March 1998. But um, in the lead up to this one, Taz actually lost to Sabu. It was a rematch. It was actually his first loss since 1995, which is insane. Um, but then he actually ended up winning, while well, he lost to Sabu earlier in the evening, he actually won the world television title from Shane Douglas that night, which is actually his second reign on that one. And so uh, he took on everybody. And so it was actually through 1997, um, you know, it, it, you know, Lance Storm, Al Snow, Jerry Lynn, Chris Candido. He was beating everybody. And so, uh, but then I uh, ended up feuding actually with Triple Threat. Uh, it was actually feuding with Sabu, Robin, like really everybody. And so um, he would team up with Tommy Dreamer throughout some of this. But yeah, just all over the place. And so, um, and so it was actually November to remember he issued a challenge to who was the world heavyweight uh, champion Bam Bam Bigelow at this point. Uh, and so, uh, you know, some kind of storyline stuff as well, too. Bam or Bigelow turning on Taz. It was a match against Shane Douglas and Chris Candido, where the two of them were te- teamed up. And so, um, and this one, it was actually, and so, and I had forgotten this part of it or just didn't know this part of it, but it was October 1997. It was an episode of Hardcore TV. Uh, Rick Root actually selected Bam Bam Bigelow as the challenger for Shane W or Shane Douglas's ECW heavyweight cha- world heavyweight championship. Uh, he ended up winning that one, kind of uh, renouncing his membership in Triple Threat as well, too, of course, Shane Douglas being part of that. Um, again, same thing, beating everybody as well, too, um, along with that one where we get to this November to remember uh, really where things happen, where Douglas beating Bigelow to retain the championship, um, but then, you know, feuding with, you know, Douglas, Taz, you know, we have the, or, you know, feuding with Douglas, um, triple threat, allying with Taz for some of this, and then of course turning on him and things like that. And so, um, and so it was Hostile City Showdown, January 1998. You had Bigelow and Taz facing triple threat in a handicap match at this point, and of course, uh, Bigelow betraying Taz and rejoining triple threat. And so, um, a lot happening here. And so, we've talked about triple threat before on this show, um, you know, the little uh, you know, stable, of course. And so, yeah, I think just. Uh, it made sense, you know, the kind of back and forth, kind of what these guys were doing and things like that. It just, um, yeah, it made it just made a ton of sense, plain and simple. And so, um, yeah, I kind of get into it at this point. Let's uh, not much else to say. 
I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, let's get into this one. So we are at the one hour 49 minute mark. Living Dangerously 1998. Jeff, are you ready? I am ready. Yep. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. Yeah, crazy. The arm bar. Bam, bam. Goes to the bottom rope. John Finnegan makes the world television champion break the hole. Right into it. Yep, that arm bar. Oof. And toss him big a little round. Jesus. Good Lord. He has a giant clothesline to take Bigelow out to the outside. All right, we're getting right into it then. Okay. Love it. So you mentioned Taz. I, like, I know he's on AEW. Is he doing weekly commentary? Or yeah, what, he's what on the exactly? weekly. Yep. So yep. What, well, at least he's on Wednesday nights, yeah. So he's one of the commentators every Wednesday night? Yes. And JR is not every Wednesday night? Uh, it depends. I know he'll do part, half the show or something like that. Um, yeah, it just it kind of depends on kind of what's happening and what's going on. Yeah. Okay. It's sometimes, of course, you'll always get the, uh, um, you know, the wrestler and stuff sitting there, but then Excalibur is the other big one. Tony Excalibur. And sometimes it's Taz, sometimes it's JR. It kind of rotates and stuff like that. But Excalibur is your play-by-play. It does a really good job. And then Tony's always up there as well, too. And he does a lot of the interviews in the ring and stuff, too, still. So, yeah. And, and is Hook Taz's son? Uh, I don't know if that's a good question. I know that he was... Uh, was it just his, like, protege? He was... I think it's his protege, yeah. Why, why did I think it was his son? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't. I did not know that until this moment. There you go. Okay, there you go. Today's trivia for you. Final uh, final Bam Bam match of his career was in two thousand and two. So he was with WCW right up until the end. Okay. Yep. He wrestled, and I don't know if it was the final Nitro or one of the final Nitros. Wrestled against Sean Stasiak, but I mean, he was he was wrestling. Um, you know, on WCW all through. So, all right. So he was with ECW until November of 98, uh, which was later in this year, obviously. Goes to WCW. I mean, pretty big push. His first match in WCW was a three-way against Goldberg and Nash. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he wrestled, you know, uh, a bunch of hardcore matches and, you know, stuff with Sandman and Raven. Um, involved with DDP Canyon, um, yeah, I don't, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. I, mean, I had a match against hardcore match against Terry Funk. Um, anyway, so he was with ECW right up until the end, and then uh, yeah, he only wrestled one match after WCW, which was an indie match against uh, Bigelow and uh, I'm sorry, against Shane Douglas. Hmm. Now we got we got a fight on this elevated ramp at this point here. Yep. Bigelow. For suplex, what's he doing? Man? Oh my god, 
suplex into the crowd. Deserves an ECW chant, that's for sure, yep. Over the guardrail, the back of Taz's head smacked that steel guardrail. Jesus. Both of them. Crazy, yeah. I mean, there was, they just threw him into the audience. Right. I mean, there's cement and steel chairs there. That's what broke Bam Bam's fall. And, yeah, there's, there's, and it looks like broken glass, too. Oh, good. I mean, hey, if you're going to do it, do it right, you know. So they're now just fight. Yeah, that is definitely broken. Or something down there. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but. And then Taz, you know, his career came to a halt. I mean, he hasn't wrestled since 2002. That's when, and that was just, it was a w, or WWF match. And I think that's, you know, he was done wrestling at that point, you know, due to mm-hmm. injury. Yep. But he wrestled, he wrestled, I mean, he was, he wrestled, he debuted early 2000, wrestled 2000, 2001, and into 2002. You know, they obviously did nothing with him for the most part, but they just didn't see much in him. I mean, they thought he was too small and, you know, but I mean, he, he did do some stuff. Mm -hmm. So we've suplexed now back to ringside at this point. Yep. You like that entrance? It's a stage. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I was a fan of that. Yeah, absolutely. Something about it, I don't know why it just seems, I say, scarier. It's not necessarily, but it just it gives off that vibe a little bit. And so, yeah, that's why I'm, it just, it's interesting, yeah. So what do you, I mean, you know, you know how I feel about ECW, but like, what do you think of, like, the presentation and – the lighting and the rings, like, like how, what do, what do you think of it? When yeah. Think? So I think while we were talking last week about like NWA just seeming like, it, you know, yeah, they needed... going for a moonsault. Oh, sold it like he hit it. He did not hit it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that for ECW, this is what I want. Like, this is what works. Like, you, I want it to be, like, dark, dingy. I know I still, like, think back to, like, when, you know, we interviewed Francine and she was talking about how, like, uh, that, you know, the, it's just, like, I, I always picture, like, she confirmed it, but I picture, like, the back of this place is literally, like, the trough you know, like urinal, like that's where they're changing and shit. Like just like, you know, dingy, nasty. Like unlike, you know, NWA, like they, you know, it looked that way at the time and they needed the upgrade. But for this, like, I don't want it to be clean. I don't want it to be like, you know, uh, looking good. Like I, I want this, like just, you know, hard hitting, hard looking type setup. And so I've never had a complaint. I, I wish... I, I I don't know if it's and you can confirm this for me. I just feel like we don't. Well, there oh, that table's already broke too. Um, I, I always feel like I've always seen clips over the years of them like jumping off of like where we can see it at this point too, like that back kind of upper area or like different like like the high parts of the ECW. I say ECW arena. Like I just feel like I haven't seen a whole lot of that. I feel like we need to pick a couple matches where we can get some of that, like some of the real crazy hardcore shit. Oh, 
Ooh, boy, face first on that. That was painful. Yikes, okay. Big spot through the table there. You know, Taz, Taz really didn't have a long career. I mean, it was only 90, I mean, it was only eight years long. He debuted in 94, and he was done by 2002. Isn't that crazy? That feels weird, yeah. It just feels like he's been around for so much longer, like, and especially nowadays when we're seeing him, you know, on AEW every week. Like, that just, it feels weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, you compare it to Bam Bam, who, I mean, he had an 18-year career. I'm sorry, 16-year career. Right, yeah. These guys just—I feel like it's—it's it's moving a little slow. But when they pull off a move, it's—I feel like they're recovering from the craziness that they just put each other through. Like, not a moving slow in a bad way. They're just beating the crap out of each other, though. Yeah. Bam Bam once wrestled Jerry Lawler in a Texas death match. When was that? 1986. Okay. Yeah, this is like there's I feel like there's like like the trash on the outside, like the random guys in t-shirts. Like I don't want someone in like a branded, like, you know, WWE like the ball black, you know, so they, they can hide and stuff like that. Like I like I like this where there's just the trash and the cords and just, you know, you just never know what's gonna fucking happen here. I mean, just right out into the crowd. I mean, you know, I, there's 3,700 people there. Like, you know, it's funny. Like, that's, per, I mean, there's AEW tapings that have 3,700 people there. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's Blocking not, the chair shot there. Yep. Some, yeah, like that's all they that's all they pull in on some of that stuff. Yep. So I've been I've been trying really hard to avoid spoilers and, and even wrestling news. Like I'm just trying like with the current product to just take it in as a fan and not yeah. get scooped on everything that's about to happen. And I mean, even like last year for WrestleMania, it's like, dude, I knew Austin was coming back. Like I, I kind of knew the card, you know, a month or six weeks before. Like, I just want to watch Raw and be like, I have no idea who's wrestling at WrestleMania. I have no idea if anyone big is coming back. Like, I, I just want to, like, you know, I, so I've been very deliberate about that. I, I, I feel like you have, too, a little bit, right? More so now that you and I you and I have been talking about it, yeah, and I feel like we have especially been enjoying – we've just been enjoying wrestling more like it's it's just a lot more fun to watch i feel like it's just a lot more like you know not knowing like especially some of the surprises like you and i were very like we were genuinely surprised by some of the uh like people that came out at the rumble because you and i had done just a pretty good job of avoiding as much of that as possible which i think it's the way to go like if you can avoid it and like Every once in a while, like, you know, I'll pull it up and because maybe there is like a story like, I, you know, I still want to read some of that stuff. And there might be a story like I know, you know, we were talking like Shawn Michaels had some comments recently and stuff like that. And so you and I, you know, we want to read that stuff and hear about it. But then there's other times where, yeah, I don't 
like I don't need to know every single match on the WrestleMania card because I'm gonna watch it like that. I don't need you know I don't need anything else to know whether or not I'm gonna watch that. So yeah. Whoa! And we are through the ring. Maybe that's why the last two matches. That would definitely explain it. <laughs> and he is literally gone through the ring. Climbing out. One way to do it. Both go through the ring. Bam Bam's trying to get Taz back up. That's a pit one, two, three. Okay. And we've got a new EW World Television Champion in the Beast from the East. Bam Bam Bigelow. Taz on a stretcher and maybe try to fix the ring. But yeah, there you go. That's why your main event was probably so short. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of busting through. Yep. Oh my. Okay, there's Fred. Okay. Yep. Jeez, look at look at Chris Candido. Look how roided up he was. Yeah, seriously. Oh, well, I mean that's you know not healthy. No. Paul Heyman. I mean, in in, in you know to think that Paul Heyman, twenty four years later. Hmm would be a big part of the biggest thing that's happened in wrestling in the past 10 or 20 years. He is where he is now. There is there is no bloodline without Paul Heyman. Nobody right. cares about Roman Reigns or his stupid heel turn without Paul Heyman. You realize Until that. Heyman turned on Brock, yep. That was the turning point of Reigns was when they panned out, right? And and Heyman was with him at the end yep. of that SmackDown. Yep. All right. Let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. Well, a little little gritty, would you think? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, actually. I thought that it was what I would expect. The finish caught me off guard. Um, it was a little weird. I think not even they fully knew what to do there. Um, so that kind of added a little bit to it as well. So that was fun. Um, yeah, just kind of, I still enjoyed it though. How about you? Uh, yeah, I really, I really did. I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, I it was a five-star match, but you know, I mean, it, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a mm -hmm. good length. If it was five more minutes, it would have been way too much, but yeah, I, I was happy with it. Pretty solid. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. 
Well, so on this one, you know, Taz, after losing, uh, he actually uh, went up into the world heavyweight uh, title picture at this point. And so um, uh, it was interesting. And so Shane Douglas got hurt. And so Taz was given uh, the, like, you know, the world television championship back. And so he was declaring himself the uh, heavyweight championship or champion, excuse me. And so um, it was, uh, while it was, uh, I say it was an unsanctioned storyline. It was kind of weird. Um, he really kept defending it until Shane returned. And so, um, and so uh, he actually, it, it, it just kind of weird how it played out, but, but just before he won the cha- the world heavyweight championship, he gave the, the title to uh, Sabu. Uh, it, like he kind of pulled Sabu on top of him to let him get the pin. It just, it just kind of some weird stuff. Didn't make a ton of sense, but that was kind of what was happening. And so uh, it was actually guilty as charged where Taz finally beat Shane Douglas for the world heavyweight championship, uh, which ended Douglas's run. Bam Bam on the flip side here, his reign lasted until April 4th, 1998. And so uh, it's just uh, really over a month on this point um, with this. And so he actually lost the title to Rab Van, Rob, Rab, Rob Van Dam. Um, he had a bunch of weird matches. He wrestled New Jack at Wrestlepalooza, the It Ain't Seinfeld, Axel Rotten, A Matter of Respect, Al Snow. Uh, it was a false cop anywhere at Heat Wave where he lost to Taz in the uh, FTW Heavyweight Championship on that one. And so, um, yeah, just a lot of different stuff. He you know, kind of failed to win the tag titles as well, too. Um, you had the culmination of the Triple Threat and Taz Van Dam Sabu because they were all feuding. It's actually November to remember. You had Sabu pinning Douglas on that one. This was actually Bam Bam's final appearance with ECW as he rejoined WCW after this. So, um, yeah, just kind of interesting stuff. Not you know, I, I feel like not great storylines sometimes on some of these, but they don't need it. Like, as the match is just crazy and it pays off, so it's fine. So. Uh, PWI Taz 36, Bam Bam 48 in 1998. Um, Pro Wrestling Torch on this one. They fought into the crowd uh, 12 minutes as Taz struggled to apply the Taz's mission. They fell backwards and through the corner of the ring, literally landing on the floor under the ring. Bigelow rose first and then dragged Taz out by his arm and covered him for the pin. The finish was creative and memorable, although some might think ECW is Bush League for having such weak rings. Two and a half stars. Um, uh, Observer Newsletter on this one. So this was the third best match of the night. Uh, said Bigelow did one hell of a job as a veritable bump machine for the first nine minutes of the match. The highlight was Taz superplex or suplexing him off the ramp over the guardrail and uh, into the stands. Finally, they went to the finish where Taz got the choke. Bigelow fell backwards backwards with him through the ring and to the floor. Bigelow finally came out of the hole, pulled it quote unconscious Taz and pinned him um as they were doing the spots outside to distract the audience they had mikey whipwreck and chris chetty go under the ring to set up the hole in the ring where they got back to set up the finisher creative two and a quarter so two and a half two and a quarter tom where you at uh give me a six and a half yep like here's the thing and, and again I, i'm i'm an ecw mark but like that's fun. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fun match. I mean, you know, you can if you want to pick apart pro wrestling, then you could say, "Oh, well, it was sloppy," and "Oh, they, you know, uh, you know, were kind of weren't like super choreographed," and "Oh, Bam Bam looked a little winded," and "Oh, the 
you know, uh, arena was smaller and the lighting wasn't the best. I mean, you can you can play that game all you want. All I, you know, what I saw, I saw two guys that beat the shit out of each other that did a ridiculous suplex into the crowd that did a spot through the ring out of fucking nowhere, and it was a fun thirteen minutes. That mm-hmm. was enjoyable. So, like, I just don't understand, like how people look at this stuff. Like we were talking like, uh, uh, I think it was last week about the, the Bray Wyatt uh, dark match or whatever yep. they, you know, the pitch black. Yeah. It was fine. It was yeah. like, not like I was like, Oh, this is horrible. I mean, like I, I just try to enjoy this stuff. I like that match. I thought it was a lot of fun. You gotta, you gotta remember, like it doesn't, not everything's going to be perfect, but also not everything needs to be perfect. It no one want it to be, be perfect. Cause then it's all the same. I, I live by the biggie mantra of like you don't need a five star male match every single time. Sometimes you just want like big meaty men bumping meat. Like that is like I am all for this. Was absolutely that you just had two big dudes bumping like crazy and doing crazy shit. That's like Biggie's dream matches against um Goldberg, which okay, fuck that. But also like I would actually be interested in watching that only because like okay, like you have my attention. I hate to say that, but, and it's a Goldberg match, but at the same time, like, damn it. Like I would watch Big E beat the crap out of Goldberg. Like, that's just how it goes. So, but whatever. So, okay. Any final thoughts here before we, uh, I mean, we're on the road to WrestleMania now. This feels crazy. Are we going to cover some WrestleMania at some point? We, we are definitely going to cover some WrestleMania. Where are we, next what do we got here? So you got next week's WrestleMania. The and week then we're after doing that is WrestleMania weekend with a takeover. And yep. then we're doing the WrestleMania match of all matches, practically. Yeah. You, yeah, you got a good you got a good little slate here. We're, we we got uh, WrestleMania all the way through eight, or most of April. And so yeah, we got some good stuff here. And That's so good. I'm excited. So yeah, me too. Uh, some we've talked about, some we haven't, but it should all be good stuff. Good. All right. Well, I'm pumped, man. This was fun. Appreciate of course. it. Listening. We'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Pet.